quick guide, Wagovi and Ozempic for Weight Loss. This is the Weight and Healthcare Newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. I received the following request from reader Anisha. I like the in-depth reviews you have of the studies for Wagovi, but I'm talking to a lot of friends and family about this, and it would help to have something that's easier to read. If you're open to writing it, you would have my thanks. You got it, Anisha. This is a quick guide to Wagovi and Ozempic for weight loss. I'll provide links for those who want to dive deeper into this. I want to point out that terzepatide, a similar drug from a different manufacturer, has recently been approved for weight loss as well. I wrote about that in an earlier piece, and I have a deeper dive into the research around that in process. So let's start here. Ozempic and Wagovi are the same drug. Ozempic and Wagovi are brand names for the drug semaglutide, a GLP-1 receptor agonist, which is owned by Novo Nordisk. It was originally marketed as a drug for type 2 diabetes under the brand name Ozempic. The brand name for the weight loss application of the drug is Wagovi, which leads us to Wagovi is not a weight loss drug. Wagovi is not truly a weight loss drug. It is a megadose of a type 2 diabetes drug, Ozempic, that has a side effect of weight loss. When Novo Nordisk realized that their type 2 diabetes drug had a side effect of weight loss, they went about trying to find a titration and dosage of the drug that would create the side effect at the highest level possible and getting that FDA approved. The required dose of Wagovi, based on FDA-approved prescribing instructions, is 2.4 times the maximum dose of Ozempic. That's because the goal of Ozempic is to provide blood sugar management while minimizing side effects, while the goal of Wagovi is maximizing a side effect. Wagovi has serious side effects. This drug has side effects that can range from very unpleasant to fatal, and you can't really increase the rate of one side effect, like weight loss, without increasing the rates of the other side effects. I dig into side effects and rates in a previous piece. There are currently inquiries into concerns around self-harm and suicide brought about by the drug, healthcare practitioners and weight loss drug pill mills that blow off the side effects instead of having ethically required informed consent conversations with their patients are also a huge problem. The drug carries a boxed warning, the FDA's strongest warning. If you go off the drug, you will regain the weight that you lost. Novo's own study shows that those who go off the drug regain the weight they lost and lose cardiometabolic benefits quickly. Some people are reporting gaining back more, including twice as much as they lost. This tracks with a century of research on intentional weight loss. But if you stay on the drug, you may still regain the weight that you lost. Novo Nordisk's massively profitable, quote, solution to this weight regain is to claim that people need to stay on these drugs for life, using the ludicrous claim that being higher weight is like having asthma or type 2 diabetes. There were only two years of data on this drug at this dose. At the end of two years, weights were trending up. People also experienced weight cycling on the drug, which is strongly linked to harm. Novo Nordisk and the weight loss industry as a whole is attempting to rebrand weight cycling as, quote, relapsing, remitting, quote, obesity, and claiming that it's part of their treatment. This, too, is scientifically ludicrous. Many people can't stay on the drug, whether it's cost, access, inability to tolerate the common side effects, or severe side effects that cause discontinuation. Many people will not be able to stay on this drug for life. Novo Nordisk has a history, and present, as a bad actor. 
Novo Nordisk was instrumental in the massive increase in the price of insulin, a medication whose original patent was sold for $1 because its inventors wanted to be certain that the drug would always be affordable to those who needed it. This includes the practice of shadow pricing. In that situation, they had customers using a drug that they needed to take for life, and they systematically increased the price along with their competitors, which is why I don't buy the argument that exorbitant prices of $1,300 plus per month will come down as competitors enter the market. They've been forced to reduce the price of insulin, and so they are looking to Wagovi as their new goldmine. They were ordered to pay $58.65 million to the United States federal government for intentionally misleading physicians about the dangers of a similar GLP-1 agonist drug. You can read Mikey Mercedes' excellent write-up about this on her Patreon. The Association of the British Pharmaceutical Industry, or ABPI, a trade association that works in England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland in partnership with the government and the NHS on behalf of their members, recently reprimanded and suspended Novo Nordisk for being in breach of the ABPI Code of Practice. Novo Nordisk is the subject of a multi-part investigative journalism series at The Observer by Shanti Das and John Ungos Thomas around their deceptive trade practices. They show no signs of stopping since just a few months ago they turned a recent study about Wagovi into a deeply deceptive publicity stunt. Overall, these drugs are very expensive and not typically covered by insurance, usually based on the insurance company's calculation that any benefit the drugs may provide isn't worth the price. They have serious side effects in only two years of data, which does not suggest that weight loss will be maintained even if someone is able to stay on the drug for the rest of their life, which, for many reasons, they may not be able to do. Any actual health benefits of the drug are based on questionable research, and it's likely that they could be achieved through weight-neutral interventions with far less expense and risk. I also highly recommend the GLP-1 Agonist Informed Consent Project for Medical Students for Size Inclusivity. They do all kinds of incredible work, and this is no exception, providing a great framework for providers who may be asked about not just semaglutide, but the entire class of GLP-1 agonists. You can check it out at sizeinclusivemedicine.org. I'm also speaking on a Center for Body Trust online panel on Friday the 12th from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Pacific about weight loss injectables with Sirius Bonner, Lisa Dubriel, and Marianne McCormick. Registration is sliding scale and you can get details and register at centerforbodytrust.com. Did you find this piece helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and the work that goes into it and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.